Welcome into the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I am joined again once by Matt Runge. Um, today, we're going to go over the Southeast Conference breakdowns. First team up, we got the Atlanta Hawks. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, our TikTok account um, at Shots Aside, and then send us some talking points um, at our Gmail account at shotsaside at gmail.com. With that being said, Matt, let's jump right into the Atlanta Hawks and their breakdown. So for their um, additions that they brought in, um, bringing in DeJounte Murray, who they got in a trade with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, great addition there. They also brought in two out of the three Holiday brothers. Nope, not Drew Holiday, but Aaron and Justin Holiday. <laughs> they got uh, Frank Tank Kaminsky from the Suns in free agency. Uh, as well as adding Mo Harkless in free agency. And then their two rookies, A.J. Griffin, who they got with the, I want to say it was 13th pick? Yeah, I think, that I think that's right. right. Or, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around Maybe there. Maybe 16th, actually. 16th, yeah. That sounds about right. I think so. Somewhere in the lottery there. Um, and then uh, second round pick, Tyrese Martin with the 51st overall pick. Not yet signed, but I'm sure he'll get signed. Um, maybe play some G League minutes or something like that. Um, players they lost: Sharif Cooper, Gorgie Jang, who signed with the Spurs, uh, and Danilo Gar- Gallinari, uh, who signed with Boston after getting a buyout. Um, they also lost Kevin Herter to the Sacramento Kings, Kevin Knox to Detroit, Timothy Luawu. Uh, Skyler Mays, Lou Williams, DeLon Wright, who went to the Washington Wizards. So if you look at their roster, Matt, they got, you know, Trey Young, Aaron Holiday at the point guard position, probably going to play DeJounte Murray at the shooting guard. He can probably rotate in at point guard as well. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Justin Holiday, um, small forward position, DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, Mo Harkless, power forward position, John Collins, Frank Kaminsky, who can play some center as well. Uh, Jalen Johnson, who I believe is 23, still young, kind of a prospect. Uh, and then center position, they got Clint Capella uh, and backup Onyeka Okongwu. So what do you what do you make of this uh, Atlanta squad so far? Uh, you know, I like, I like how it's shaping up. I think that they added probably – some of their biggest needs in uh, getting DeJounte Murray and AJ Griffin, who are both good defenders, which is kind of what this Atlanta Hawks roster needed, especially with Trey Young's defensive uh, woes at times. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's not terrible at like jumping passing lanes and stuff that like that, but like, on ball defense, he's barbecue chicken. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I I like their moves for the most part though. I think some of, um, like their depth, they lost definitely like losing guys like Wright and, um, Daniel Gallinari and Herder. I think those guys are kind of losses just like from a depth perspective, but I think overall, like in the playoffs, it's more about, um, you know, first six to seven guys mainly. And I think they improved in that area. So I, you know, I, I like their off season. Um, and I think even like guys like 
Okong Wu and DeAndre Hunter are still young enough where they can take some strides too, and I would expect them to. You mentioned it, you know, some of the players they lost off their bench is going to really, I think, possibly be the key to them not going as far as they would probably hope because they're, if you look at their starting lineup, I mean, that's a, a solid starting five in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, you look at their cap space, they're at, you know, 43 million in the cap hold. They do have their mid level exception, though, which is 6.479 million. Um, so that will allow them to possibly, you know, get a player in, in free agency. You know, it's kind of dried up a little bit, but, you know, you can get a backup power forward or, you know, a ba- another backup point guard um, to come off the bench, some more shooting maybe possibility. Um, but this team is kind of, you know, it's it's looking like this is what it's going to be like unless they do end up signing somebody. Um, I do have somebody in mind that could possibly be like a backup point guard for them if they choose to go this option route. Um, what do you think of possibly getting, you know, Dennis Schroeder back on this Atlanta Hawks team? I think that'd be a fun grab to have that, him come back on the on the squad after, you know, taking, what was it, three to four years off in, you know, L.A. and Boston and some of these other teams. Yeah, I think that he could be a good uh, backup point guard for them. Um, I'm not the biggest Dennis Schroeder fan in the world, but, um, you know, as a backup, if he's playing limited minutes, um, preferably mainly sitting on the bench, I would – I'd be down for it. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think he, he can he can add some minutes here and there. I just don't, you know. I I think the majority of the minutes are going to be spread between Trey Young and Dejounte Murray, and then you're going to have guys like Bo or Bogdan. Is it Bogdan or Bogdan? Yeah, Bogdan. Bogdan Bogdanovich. I always get him and the the Jazz Bogdanovich uh, mixed up. Um, <laughs> Bojan, <laughs> but. Yeah, but oh, Boyan. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he'll because I think he'll get like around like what was he getting last year? Like about thirty minutes a game or something like that, or around there maybe. Um, and I think he'll get somewhere this coming year too. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, I think he was playing quite a bit. He just was a he would alternate between a six man role and uh, starting at times. Yeah, he was um, he think, was the starter last year, but I mean, obviously that's going to change with Dejounte, but he could play the three if they do want some more shooting, and then maybe. Yeah, have, I mean, but that's he tough. actually played more games off the bench last year. Okay, um, and I think he'll do the same this year. And yeah, he played about twenty nine minutes a game, so I think he'll do about the same this year. And I think, uh, you know, I think that pretty much their whole guard rotation will be those three guys with like a sprinkle of whoever else they bring in. So um, it probably would be a limited role for somebody like Schroeder, but I mean, you can never have too much depth though. So it wouldn't be a bad move. Yeah. I mean, I just mentioned it because when you look at the remaining free agents, there's really not a whole lot out there. You know, there's some veteran players, like Carmelo and Dwight and Cousins and Tristan Thompson and all these older guys that have proven they can win. But I think, you know, they're kind of getting a little bit old in the tooth. So, you know, it's maybe somebody like Schroeder who's not as old, you know, and they do kind of need a backup point guard if, 
if Aaron Holiday is going to be your backup point guard. I know you mentioned, you know, maybe splitting those minutes with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, you know, have one go off the court and then have Bogdanovich be that two guard um, is probably what they're going to end up doing if they don't end up getting, you know, a backup point guard or some backup guard health help. So, I mean, they do, it's coming down to these, they got, they got two years with Murray um, left on his deal. So, you know, this is the timeline for the for the Hawks right now. They gotta they gotta make some moves with, um, with this team. You know, they got two years to kind of become a championship worthy team, and um, I think this first year is gonna really set the tone for for what we see in this Atlanta squad uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, I think uh, another potential like free agent, like if they want to replace like. Uh, Gallinari, they could replace him with basically the same player with in Carmelo. Um, I think they pretty much provide the same thing at this point in their careers. So if they want like an extra scorer off the bench, um, that could be an option. Uh, I'm sure Carmelo might be a little bit picky just because like he wants to make sure it's a contender. Uh, he doesn't want right. to run into another dumpster fire situation like the Lakers where they expect him to play defense when Carmel cannot play defense anymore. Wait, um, so you don't think Melo's going think, back to the Knicks? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think probably funny. the most likely place for him would maybe be like somewhere by like Miami. I could see them wanting him. Maybe since their power forward depth is pretty lackluster right now after losing – PJ, I know he doesn't play like PJ, but he could maybe be like an off the bench type guy, just a veteran. No, I like that move. I mean, adding in Carmelo, and you can get like a nice anywhere from ten to eighteen points off the bench. So, um, I think that's what they kind of need. So, I think that'd be a perfect fit for them. Yeah. Uh, do you know if uh, has Kemba gone anywhere yet? Or um, no, I believe he is still a free agent. So. Because he could, he have... could may, maybe be an option if he'd be willing to go come off the bench, but I'm not sure if you know that would be the best move. Just because I think like they're gonna take up the majority of the minutes, and I still feel like Kemba feels like he can contribute at a high level, which he maybe can. But I just I don't really see it as much anymore. But I think he would be a good bench player. I mean, personally, I can't imagine a point guard rotation of Trey Young and Kemba Walker. Like the the, de- the amount of defense you're going to see out of those two is going to be next to none. Yeah. I mean, especially with like Bogdanovich is, I mean, he's an okay defender, but he's nothing like having Kemba and Bogdanovich out there at the same time would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally but, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I like the shoulder call though. I mean, it'd be yep. a coming home party would be nice. Yeah. No, I think uh, if this team wants to take the next step, though, I think it's, um, you know, you could possibly put Clint Capella and John Collins into some sort of trade asset package to bring in some better talent. And then um, maybe they want to develop Onyeka Kongwu a little bit more, too, and have him run at the starting position at that center spot. Um, I know we were talking about that a little bit earlier, but. Um, you know, Onyek is only six foot eight, so I think him guarding some of these taller, bigger centers in the Eastern Conference, like Joel Embiid. I know 
you know, Giannis isn't a, a center or anything, but plays like one, you know, and then um, even players like Bam Adebayo, I think he would probably match up better with. And then mm-hmm. um, even like on the Bulls, you know, Vucevic, he could definitely match up again against him. So I guess it's really just um, probably like teams like Boston, Philly, and then um, Milwaukee would probably give them problems that they ended up getting rid of Clint Capella. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And since we mentioned it on every podcast, I'm going to have to mention again that maybe they could get Miles Turner <laughs> in a trade. For I thought you were. Capella. I thought you were going to wait. I thought you were going to wait until I could say that. <laughs> that was... I, I had to bring it up. But... Yeah, yeah. I was looking at their salaries, and their salaries match almost too good. Oh my god, They're like I a love million it dollar difference. Um, mm. So I think it, I don't know if they even. I think that maybe they still have one first rounder left they can trade. So, I mean that that could be a potential option, but because I, I think I, Miles Turner would be good enough. To, I mean, he's a great rim protector too, and he's a little bit more versatile. So. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think they need a first round pick though to put in there with Capella though. Like I think you can just do that straight up. Clint Capella for Miles Turner. Yeah. Yeah, you maybe could. Um how old's Clint Capella? Is he like twenty eight? He's getting a little bit older, I believe. <laughs> I don't know older than how Turner. interested Yeah, I don't know how interested they would be in him. I mean maybe they would. Um, and you know, this, this is getting a little bit more crazy, but if they really wanted to switch it up, maybe they could do Capella and Bogdanovich for Buddy and Miles. Cause mm. Buddy's a little bit better on the defensive end than Bogdanovich is in my opinion. Yeah. Not by much. I mean, they're close, but... they're close, but I think he's, he's definitely more athletic than Bogdanovich is. Um, and that alone can help on defense. Right. I mean, Buddy's more of a spot-up three-point shooter versus, like, on-the-move dribbler. So, I mean, maybe that wouldn't be the best fit coming off the bench as Buddy being, like, their sixth man. Um, yeah. I think Buddy's more of, like, a starter role, like, you know, catch-and-shoot player for a franchise versus being a sixth man. Yeah, but I mean, I can I, I can see that trade happening. I mean, another like possibility I could see like if they wanted to part with like Collins, I feel like if you give Co- Collins like since he has more on his deal, like I, you would probably expect to get more. So like maybe they could get another player that's on a cheaper deal. Right. Hey, maybe even maybe they could even get like T.J. McConnell as a backup point guard. Hmm. And, yeah. I don't know. I I think I think the Pelicans like what they what they've seen in CJ though so far. No, but, I I said TJ McConnell. Oh, TJ McConnell. Yeah, not McCollum. Oh. Yeah, McCollum would be a. <laughs> TJ. Well, who you put? Who are you putting in there with TJ McConnell? Then, like in the trade. Yeah, it'd be like Miles Turner and TJ McConnell and. For like Capella and um, probably 
Justin Holiday when you can trade him. Yeah, if they or can. Or Mo Harkless, um, one of the two. Right. Because they, they both have enough money to trade for that. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, as you, you probably don't need Justin Holiday, A.J. Griffin, and Mo Harkless, and Jalen Johnson. No. If, like, but it's okay to have that depth, though, in case you in, ca- in case you have some injuries, though, which Atlanta has had some problems with injuries in these you know past three years. So maybe that depth's a good good thing. Yeah, I agree. I was just saying, like, if they wanted to find like a, a backup right. point guard, I mean, because McConnell's a great defender. Yeah, they can try it out though, having Aaron Holiday and Bogdanovich be that kind of tandem. Because I mean, Bogdanovich can be a point guard too at times. Yeah. And Holiday, Holiday's had his ups yeah, and downs. True. Probably played better in Indiana than he played in Washington or his previous stops. So, I don't know. It's, you know, a, another point guard yeah. would be nice. You know, somebody like a Ricky Rubio would be perfect on this team. But, obviously, I don't think Cleveland's going to want to get rid of him unless yeah. um, they really want to make Colin Sexton be that backup point guard. But, that's that's for another day, another topic, and definitely not to a not to a fellow Eastern Conference no. team, probably. No. But yeah, I mean there there's a lot of options. Um, I think because they could also like if if they want to like, I'm pretty sure like Utah's shopping players too, so maybe they could look to trade Capella to Utah or something if they wanted to. Or I mean all all these trades they'd probably have to throw in like something to entice a, a team that's rebuilding like either like two seconds or first. Yeah. Do you think this would be, so I have an interesting trade proposal for you. Do you think a trade of like, say DeAndre Hunter and like John Collins and well, you said they only have one, if they only have one first round pick, this isn't going to work, but for Donovan Mitchell, I think they do only have one, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what offers they're actually getting. Like, if the if the Knicks are offering five first, I yeah. would take that in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, tough if you only have one first round pick. Then, yeah, it's tough. I would I would I would actually I would think hard about that one for sure though, because I'm probably a bigger DeAndre DeAndre Hunter fan than most people. I think he he still has a lot of potential. Um, he just he's kind of had some bad luck with some injuries, and then he's also just I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like he's he's about to get there, but then uh, he just hasn't quite got there yet. I, he looked really good in this last playoffs, like looked better than Trey Young even because yeah. Trey was getting clamped. Um, yeah, that was probably one of Trey's worst. But series. also, but you have to see. Yeah, but you have to see that more consistently. That's that's DeAndre Hunter's biggest problem is like he's a ghost some games, and then some games he's great. Yeah, I, well, so like with DeAndre Hunter, like his shot, I feel like can be on and off from day to day. But like the one thing they need him for is that defense, because I think he brings it on the defensive end every single yeah. game, which you saw in the playoffs really paid off. It didn't lead to wins, but that's because you know Trey Young had one of his worst playoff series of you know his life. So, um bringing in a guy like DeJounte Murray who can kind of help out Trey on that defensive end of the side of the ball, it's going to pay off. And then you, de- I mean, you definitely need DeAndre Hunter to be healthy 
and ready to go for the playoffs. Not only playoffs, but regular season as well. Because, I mean, the Eastern Conference is stacked and loaded with teams that are ready to compete right now. So you got to stay healthy. And I think that's why I think that, you know, their bench depth is, especially at the guards position and maybe power forward with Frank Kaminsky is all right. They just might need one more point guard to kind of help out, you know, in case one of Trey Young or DeJounte Murray goes down. Yeah, that's definitely fair, especially considering, like, I mean, Trey has been, like, injury-prone, but he's had a couple, I think, ankle injuries, like, here and there. Um, And then DeJounte Murray is obviously – previously torn his ACL. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, it, I mean, it's always good to have backup depth, too. So, like, they, I mean, you probably wouldn't go for somebody, like, uh, I don't know, you, you could. You could maybe go for somebody like like Pat Bev. Ooh, too. yeah. He would be an option. Yeah. I mean, there's there are. Uh, he's, like, kind of, he's kind of spendy, but, like, maybe you could get, like, Pat Bev and somebody, you know, for Capella. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think this is like a wait and see, though, because like you kind of have to I think you have to wait first half of the season, see how the season's going. And if it's going strong, kind of keep what you have, maybe make some minor, you know, changes to the roster. But um, if it's going fine, mm-hmm. let it let it roll out. But um, if you see some injuries happening early on or, you know, things aren't going the way that Atlanta wants them to go. I mean, there might be a big move to be made with either John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, you know, some yeah. of these players that might be expendable if, you know, they're not in play of contention. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think I would def just the way it is right now, I'd probably just go into the season like this. Um, maybe do something like you said, like pick up like a Dennis Schroeder or something off of free agency. Um, but otherwise I would just leave it as is and see how it goes. Cause Honestly, I, I think they're kind of doing, like, a little bit of, like, how the Warriors do with Curry, where, like, they want Trey to be able to play off ball at times so that um, – and get in the hands of, like, other ball handlers. Like, they've always had, like, guys like Wiggins or Durant or Draymond have the ball in their hands while Curry runs around and gets open. Yeah. And I think Trey could do a similar thing to, a like, a lighter extent. Um because that, that was part of the problem in the Miami series is that, like, Trey Young is by far the best ball handler. And then, like, if he's being tired out by always having the ball in his hands, it's, like, tough to get shots off and stuff. Right. Um, so, I mean, he might but, he might yeah. have to do a little, you know, Steph Curry working out and, and kind of beef up a little bit because... Yeah, better, better work on that cardio. Yeah, right. But, I mean, just looking at their team from last year, you know, they still have four of their their top four play- scorers from last year. And Trey Young, who averaged 28, John Collins, 16, Bogdanovich, 15, and then Hunter at 13. But um, after that, losing their next three in, in Herder, Reddish, and Gallinari, that's, you know, that's losing 34 points that you're going to have to find somewhere else. Um, can you get... 20 or so from Murray from that. I mean, that's a good possibility. Um, so that helps. Um, other than that, I mean, you're going to need probably Collins to kind of step up a little bit more and Hunter to also step up, a, you know, a bit more. 
because um, you're not going to get a lot of scoring from Clint Capella. He's mainly just there for rebounding purposes and block shots and, you know, the occasional, you know, lob or something. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited for in Hotland if uh, some things go their way. I think, uh, you know, it, they're kind of at a point where, like, either they're closer to that Eastern Conference team, like the Eastern Conference Finals team, or they're more on a team that needs to make a serious decision on their future, like trading some guys like Collins or maybe even having to trade Jonte Murray um, if things don't work out. I'm not saying yeah. it right now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like, they're kind of at that point where like, you know, like they have to decide on certain things. Right. If, if things don't go well, but, but things could go great. So, um, but they're definitely kind of at a crossroads in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, a lot of questions left to be answered for this Atlanta Hawks team. We're going to have to wait and kind of check it out and see how the regular season starts out for them. Um, but with that being said, I let's move on to, Kind of our second talking point of the day. Uh, Matt, if you want to get into that real quick, I know you were kind of excited to talk about this one a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, since since we're on the Hawks, uh, I just thought I'd bring up some of the DeJounte Murray Pro-Am beef that he he's had recently. Um, I know he's had a couple viral clips uh, going around uh, of uh, – some was just against other pro pro am players. Uh, he had, like went off the hizzy of somebody and then dunked it. But more recently, this this past weekend, him and uh, rookie and fellow Seattle native Paulo Bancaro and him got into it during the game. Um, I think it. I'm not sure exactly how it started. Um, I know that, like the clip going around is of him pump faking uh, Apollo and then he throws it off the backboard to himself and dunks it and then whips the ball at Apollo. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm sure something had to have happened before that. So I'm not sure what exactly was said, um, but they definitely for considering they were really like fine with each other, like the prior week at the pro-am, it's kind of surprising that they were getting this heated. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts about it? I mean, honestly, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I think they were just trying to, you know, they were going at each other. Did I find it weird that DeJounte Murray just absolutely whipped the ball at Paulo? Yeah, it's, it's a little odd, but um, I think it's just some good beef going around. You know, they're both trying to get their hype up, which clearly it's working because everybody in the media is talking about it now. Um I think the Instagram stuff is is pretty funny though too. If you want to go a little bit more deeper on that as well, yeah, I could see if I can. I don't know if it's still on their Instagram. It might be, um, but yeah, they're just. I'll just summarize it. They're. I mean, they were drawing back and forth on Instagram. Um, I think so. Pa, Paulo and for those of you guys that don't know either, like Paulo and uh, Dejounte Murray are both from Seattle, so they've. They've known each other for a while, um, and basically, he's Murray was saying that he's get he's getting like needs to humble himself again, or that he's getting like too cocky, um, and then basically like policies it the other way, like that you know he didn't do anything wrong, and then he was kind of like making fun of Murray for calling double teams on him, saying that 
he had to do that in order to stop him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. They were just kind of just like back and forth beef. I feel like, you know, like Murray's kind of, he just doesn't want to get his ego hurt by like a rookie. And I think, I, I think they'll make up. Um, maybe, you know, maybe. it's to, they, they might, I mean, it, he did unfollow him. I know. I saw that. Though, so I guess, I guess that's, that's something I guess, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's there's actually fire behind the smoke, but we'll we'll see during the season when they play each other four times because uh, they pre- they won't be throwing the ball at each other, but I could definitely see them getting in each other's faces maybe. Right. Yeah, I think it all started when – I think – well, this is what Murray said, but Murray said that Paolo was like um, talking shit about like how he's the number one pick and – like how great he is and blah, blah, blah. And Murray took exception with it. And I think that's why he was trying to double team him and go at him and show him up and whatnot. But I mean, if you looked at some of the highlights too, like Paula was still having some good moves and driving past Murray too. Like it wasn't just, they showed the one clip over and over again with Murray dunking it, which was pretty sick. But I mean, Paula was doing holding his own as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I believe I saw that like, Paulo had like 47, seven and seven. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Nothing really. That, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if their intention was to have me tune into a Hawks versus magic game, they got right. it because I'm going to watch the first, first game between them. <laughs> um, so that's great marketing by them. If that was their intention. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like what you said though, like these, the four games that they're going to play together, like, yeah, they probably won't guard each other most of the time, but it's it's going to be fun when they do. Yeah, you 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 know, uh, one of the two will be trying to catch a body too if they see the other in the lane. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's going to conclude it here. Um, at shots aside, with me and Matt, um, just want to thank Matt for all the work that he does here at Shots Aside. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, at Shots Side, as well as send us some um, talking points at our Gmail account at ShotsSide at gmail.com. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy the content. Don't leave that undone. Um, until next time, guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs> uh, I love talking about the Hawks, especially Murray, too. Murray's... Murray's a character ever since he left San Antonio. Yeah, the Hawks actually, they are a fun team because Trey Young's actually cocky as fuck, too. Yeah. It's good, it's good <laughs> stuff. I can't wait until they play the Knicks. <laughs>